Two win totals are leans over under Jack RM Peter just baseball show. Today is Tuesday, March 28th. Happy show day. Happy MLB the show. This is when it's available mm. for everybody, right? I had no idea. First time hearing of it. Arm had you had do you have any idea? Uh, games now you get like the the pre pre access like yeah. they come out before they ever say they're supposed to come out. I think I've already seen people playing it, but I guess this is like when the normal people can get it like us. I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Are you good at video games, Jack? Because I'm terrible at video games, and I know Arm is good at video games. I grew up, I always got super mad because all my friends would want to play, and I'd be the runt of the litter. Like, you play Modern Warfare 2, and I'm getting killed. We'll even play MLB The Show, and I'll get destroyed, even though it's my sport. Like, I've always been just uncoordinated when it comes to pushing the right buttons. So, so I, I make things as easy as possible for me. So, like, you know how... A lot of people do the pitching meter. I do the pulse thing where like when the circle's the smallest, you just hit the button and you go, I am a bit. Remember when Robert Flores came on the Just Baseball show and taught us how to do it? I tried. I'm not athletic enough to do it. That shit was way harder. Well, when Rofo told me to do, like the claw strategy or whatever, that whatever the hell that that was, that was brutal. By the way, you mentioned Modern Warfare 2. I think I have 50 days played on Modern Warfare 2, like 5-0 days played between like ps3 i had like multiple accounts and then the xbox 360 that game i i know i think i could sketch you every map with my eyes closed but like shocking it's shocking that you're a nerd that's my nerd that's my nerd plug mw2 like i that like if you know how they have like the the subcategories you could do like trivia you pick your niche category i think i'd pick modern warfare too i could tell um, you like every gun you sure um, it's not you like 2019 wrc plus like i feel like that's that kind too of your that too Arm, don't you think Jack's just doing coloring books instead of playing video games when he was a kid? He simulates, dude. Oh, he's reading he like builds a, a team and then he right. sims the season. That's right. what he Charlotte's okay. web and shit. So we, we've <laughs> talked about this via text, but I guess it's out in the air now. Happy show day, guys. Happy Chaz Jism day to all the cover athlete <laughs> people. Um, what I do is I will hop on like a franchise mode and it doesn't matter what sport. I'll get 2K to do this and I will do a fantasy draft. I'll see how many picks I need to swap for Lowry marketing to run my four, or I see what kind of prospects I have to move for Tyler glass down to be in my rotation. And I don't really play games. I just kind of sim it. And then when I get <laughs> bored of that team, I just stop and fantasy draft the next one. So I live my, my GM pipe dreams through video games. It's actually my perfect thing. I don't actually have to play the game, but my favorite part of the game would be building the team. So I'm with you. That's what I'd prefer to do. You basically, like legitimately turn on the, the PS4 to to do fan graph zips. Like I, that's crazy yeah. to me. That sounds great. But. Should, should we uh, talk about the NL West win totals? I think it's time. I guess. Yeah. So I've got them all again, courtesy of our folks at BetMGM who have made Peter's background. By the way, <clears throat> is this the first time that we're seeing this background? 
first time we're seeing it. Uh, it will be heavily used for the Not Gambling Advice betting live show. And I think it's important we put the Twitch username in there. It's going to be a great show. Arm's going to be on it. Colby's going to be on it. It is going to be my picks against everybody else's with a chance to win World Series tickets. It's going to be a great competition between a lot of the best cappers on Twitter, talking baseball, as well as a host place for our podcast where we're going to be bringing in players. Uh, we're moving up in the world step by step, and it's exciting. Yeah. And the background looks great. looks like I'm broadcasting at Wrigley Field right now. Yes, although it's kind of like springtime Wrigley, like April, May before the Ivy fully fills in. Because That's exactly, it's April, May. Right. We're, we're, we're seasonal right now. Okay, now follow up. Are you going right. to add Ivy in June when it's all the way grown in on the outfield? If you make fun of me enough, I might. Shit. Do you want to group bully him, Arm? <laughs> Do we want more Ivy? I think I want more Ivy. All right. Well, see, I'll, I'll decide based on what your guys' answer is on the Giants over under win total. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's start in the NL East again. All these uh, totals are courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. We're betting with the king of sportsbooks. Let's start with Atlanta. 95 and a half is the Braves projected win total. Before I, I get your clear cut over or under, Aram, does Kyle Wright's absence for the first couple times for the rotation alter your, your thinking on this? Yes or no? Yeah, it does. You know, we we've glowed and we just talked about him on on the call up of of Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. I I like them both a lot, but I, I like the one thing that I think we often forget and fans often forget is the difference between an established big leaguer and a prospect. We were debating whether it's going to be Schuster or Dodd. Now it's Schuster and Dodd, right? So you have two rookies debuting in a rotation. That definitely is a bit concerning, but you hope that they only have to go a few times through the rotation to do it. But that de definitely, definitely changes things for me a little bit. Gotcha. Also, Peter. another question for you, Aram. Um, I don't know if we've completely dove into the Von Grissom getting sent down, what that means for the Braves long term. Uh, they send him down and ultimately Orlando Arce is going to end up being playing shortstop for them who can pick it a little bit. I know he did at second base, but shortstop is a little bit different than second base. And he's a fine hitter, but I think we all are in agreement that he doesn't have the upside of Von Grissom. Do you think, I know Grayson just got sent down too. I think you're a little bit more upset about that one, but this has to be one of the assignments that you're most upset about. I know I am. I'm, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked, especially when, when they send down both him and Shoemake and, we see, you know, Arcia get, get the look there. I, I just, I feel like Vaughn either had to be banged up. I know he was dealing with a little bit of like a hernia issue that that was one report, but I was shocked because Ron Washington, who's the defensive guru came out and said he felt pretty good about how he looked defensively. Uh, but for whatever reason, they want to see him do it in AAA a little bit more. And that one really surprised me because I feel like, like you said, the upside of of Grissom versus Arcia is not even close, but I guess they want someone that can't hurt them at shortstop. And I guess if a rookie is struggling, they could hurt them. I think Arcia will hold his own, but nah, that was a surprise to me in a lot of ways. And I, and I guess is the one, this is like the one time that I won't lean into the Adrianza bit because I think he's a superstar, but um, having him as like the backup plan is not great for a team that wants to win the World Series. Arcia as a starter is not great. That's pretty cut and dry. But, you know, you look at, okay, where's plan B? Both plan B and C are in Gwinnett. Like, that's really tough. So if Arcia goes down in a pinch, it's Ede Adrianza that's starting at shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. I love him. I love him as a bench utility quadruple A guy. Um, 
I don't love Adrianza as the backup shortstop of the team that is projected to win the National League East. But at the same time, don't you think that if he, if Arcia were to go down, that they would call up Von Grissom? I'm, I assume they're just getting him more everyday reps because they don't believe he's quite ready yet. But let's say Arcia goes down in the first couple of weeks. I assume it's going to be Von Grissom making that start. It won't be Adrianza. Yeah, I'm just worried about like the off day. You know what I mean? Because Adrian or Arcia is going to need a day off in the first week or two, right? Like this guy. What about Dan? I mean, Dansby didn't need days <laughs> off because he was actually a star. I, like, Arcia may hit 230. I was like, more I, making the joke because he's not on the team anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Sorry, that over my head. Um, all right. 95 and a half over or under and why, Peter? I'm going to go with the over. They did win 101 games last year. Um, and that was without Ozzy Albies for most of the year. That was with Ronald Acuna Jr. basically playing on one leg. I expect Matt Olson to settle down after a relatively down year for his standards. 34 home runs last year, five off of 39 the year before with Oakland. I think he gets back to that 39-40 home run mark. I think Austin Riley makes a run for MVP this year. And while there are concerns with Kyle Wright through the first couple of times, he's going to have, what, 20 to 25 starts this season if he stays healthy. I think Morton actually does better than he does last year. I know he's older, but he's always been a guy who's kind of, you know, gotten ahead of father time a little bit. And he was basically throwing off a broken leg, which he sustained during the 2021 playoffs. The bullpen is otherworldly elite from top to bottom. There's like six or seven guys I would rely on to close out ball games, not just be a good reliever, but could actually close games. I think this team is the class of the National League East. And I think they are a 95 to 96 win team. So it's a slight over, but I think they win the division and I think they go slightly over. Arm? If if they were playing the same amount of games within the division, I would probably take the under just because I, I think this division got even better. But based on you know the fact that you, you kind of get around the league a little bit more now, I, I hate that Kyle Wright's hurt. It, it definitely is is impactful. Uh, but when you have the amount of depth that the the Braves have rotationally, I think that really helps you you know stay afloat in a 162. It's helping them stay afloat right away. Yeah. But I think when you have that kind of depth rotation wise, you know that'll help you get through the whole season and and kind of continue to really be impervious to the losing streak and and continue to churn out quality starts. And then the bullpen, as Peter mentioned, like will shorten shorten ball games. I'd like to see a better situation than their left field slash DH situation. But Rosario has looked more like Rosario this spring. And, and I think that would be huge for them. And then we'll see what they can get from you know, even Darno could maybe plug in in the DH role. Uh, I, I'm going to go over because the division games are cut this year. Uh, I, I think that they'll be able to, to really float right back around the 100 win mark and especially adding Sean Murphy, who I think is going to solidify himself as one of the better catchers in this game. Yeah, so clean sweep of the over and Sean Murphy is the guy that I ID, right? Like I isolate and say this is where they got a lot better. And Darno, we know how good of a hitting catcher he is. It's not that good of a defensive catcher. William Contreras, he, he had a breakout last year, but now you're getting a guy that can realistically be solidly in the top five catchers in the game by the end of this year. And many would argue is already in the top five this year. So I, I think that Murphy as the on-field captain, if you're not going to have that guy at short in Dansby, you got to have that guy behind the plate. And I think that it's great to have Sean Murphy there. Also think a full year of Michael Harris is unbelievably awesome. And that bullpen's really good. 
which is what takes me to the Mets. Without Diaz, this bullpen's not very good. Quintana had that rib uh, procedure done um, that opens a spot for David Peterson, who might honestly be an upgrade. And then you've got that front three of Verlander, Scherzer, and Kodai Senga, which seems really good. Nimmo, thankfully, that wasn't a serious knee injury. He's back, just a little scare. He will be in the lineup on opening day. I also like the addition of Omar Narvaez instead of McCann and Nito. But I'm worried about the bottom end of this Mets roster, especially with no Beatty, no Vientos on opening day. I'm going to go under the set 92 and a half from BetMGM. I lean slightly over. I got them winning 93 games next year. I think one of the more underrated units on the Mets is their defense. They are incredible defensively, and I think that's only going to help them with the shift being banned. Guys like Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil up the middle doesn't get much better. Pete Alonso is better has gotten better at first base defense. Marte in a corner, Brandon Nimmo in center, and then you have guys like Omar Narvaez behind the plate. They're going to be so good defensively. I think that's going to save them some runs. The one area of concern, and Jack, you touched on it, is the bullpen, because that was already the weakest link of this team, and it got exponentially weaker when you you lose the best closer in Major League Baseball. I think they're going to have trouble, you know, closing out games with David Robertson, Adam Ottavino. Like we've seen Ottavino do great in eighth inning, but there's a difference between closing out a ball game and throwing the eighth Robertson the same way. I think they can be solid. They need some guys in that bullpen to step up. Maybe a guy like Drew Smith does that. Overall, I have a slight lean towards the under. I think this team wins 93 games because they're going to hit and they're going to play a lot of great defense. You have a slight lean towards the over. Did I say under? Yeah. Over. I meant over. Slightly lean towards the over. It was a Freudian over. slip. Peter's got the under. Crazy. <laughs> now, I, I pretty much would echo everything Peter said. Um, you know, Diaz, I don't know if there's a team that, of course, it, it's important when it's the best closer in baseball and one of the most dominant closers we've seen maybe since Mariano or or Craig Kimbrell through a couple of years. But it feels like that that the Edwin Diaz loss to this team just just hurts a little bit more than, than some of the other teams maybe losing their closer. Um, I still feel like they could go out and make a move uh, at some point. I don't think they need to do it at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I think if the bullpen's really an issue, like see a Mark Vientos, they can go get a really good reliever for Mark Vientos. And that's yeah. a guy that's that's pretty blocked right now, especially with Beatty winning in the wings. I love the options that they have knocking on the door offensively. I agree with you, Jack. I don't like the uh, the, the back half of that lineup, but when you have a Francisco Alvarez who's waiting in the wings, who even if he doesn't hit for average when you call him up, that guy will back into 20 bombs if you give yeah. him enough at-bats. Brett Beatty, I think, is ready. That's the one guy that I really think should be on this opening day roster. That's another option. And then, you know, I I, I don't hate Tommy Pham on the bench. Like, I think that's a really solid like bench it. bat for them, too, and I, I'm i a big Louis Guillaume fan. Not as much as our, our guy, Ryan Finkelstein, but yeah. I do like Louis Guillaume a lot. So I think the, the thing that puts them over the top for me is is having Kodai Sanga as that three starter because yeah. I think he's going to be one of the better three starters in baseball. Um, so I'm going to go over. The bullpen could do them in, and I can't wait to just see Mets fans losing their shit right. about the bullpen at some points. But I think that it's going to be able to hold up just enough, and and I think they have their the ability to go get somebody if they really need to. Um, but I'm going to go over with the Mets. Okay. I have one question for the both of you. Uh, I was looking into Kodai Senga, and there's no doubt about the stuff. I was watching more video. I'm like, this guy's straight up disgusting. But one thing that I did notice that I think Mets fans 
um, would want to know as well is the amount of innings that he's thrown in the MPB. Uh, he's only gone over 180 once, and that was back in 2019. If you average out a lot of his seasons to date, it's around 144 innings per season. I'm curious if you guys think that he can withstand a 160, 170 inning season in the major leagues with a different ball in his first season. That's just what I noticed from looking at Kodai Senga's baseball reference, that he hasn't been really a huge innings eater in Japan. I don't doubt the stuff. I don't doubt when he comes out opening day and looks great. Obviously not opening day because it's Max Scherzer, but his first time around, he's going to look great. I was just thinking because I'm looking at rookie of the year bets too. And I'm like, is he going to throw enough innings to win this? Cause a guy like Spencer Strider threw 131 innings and looked like the best pitcher alive, but Michael Harris won the rookie of the year. That's that was where my thoughts were. And I was just curious your guys' opinion. Arm you first. Yeah. That, that's a tough one. Cause I don't think anyone's really talked about that too much where you're looking at a guy that, you know, has not really gone through the rigor of, of a 162 game season. And, and also like, it's important for him to eat innings because we don't know how how available Scherzer and Verlander are going to be through the 162, right? Obviously through the 30 starts, whatever you want to say, for, for them to be on the mound. And Carrasco too. So I think that's a fair question. Uh, but I think having David Peterson there, you know, also whenever you get Quintana back, it feels like Quintana is going to return just in the nick of time maybe as some of these guys start to fatigue in the dog days. And that kind of hedges some of the concern for me. I, I think that they could probably skip a guy in the rotation every once in a while, they might treat it like the DH role where they might just rotate a, a, a gap in the rotation for each of Scherzer, Verlander and Sanga. I, I have trust in Buck, you know, show Walter being able to kind of manage this. I think it's a unique situation. I think it's a great point, Peter. Um, but I, I feel like with Quintana, assuming he comes back, they should be able to manage it. I was yeah. more looking at like rookie of the year stuff to see if he'll accumulate enough innings. I think if he throws 155, 160, like that's, that should be enough. That's what I was even saying. Like he hasn't done that in the past couple of years. Is he going to do that in his first season in major league baseball? That was my concern. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess my answer is, I don't know. Right. Cause, cause we haven't seen it. Like I've got no idea, but if he went 150 over there, I think he can go 150 over here. And, And the thing is like, 150 is kind of a full year for major league pitchers. Now we see very few guys get over 175 now and two or three get over 200 on a yearly basis. So I'm not too worried if he goes like 155, 160 innings. And even if he's at, you know, the number that he's been at the last couple of years, 140, I think that's because they are being safe. And I don't think it's like, yeah, I don't think you have to be safe with Verlander and Scherzer, but like those guys know when their knees sing when it rains. You know what I mean? So they're going to be very honest with Buck Showalter when it's like, hey, I need a skip this time through the rotation. And then you go to Tyler McGill or you give Eliezer Hernandez a spot start. And I know that name just made Aram shiver. Um, I'll be fading it, that game. Yeah, like that's fine. It's the Mets. You can yeah. fade one game if Eliezer needs to make a spot start in order to get 100% of Verlander or Scherzer or Senga. There you go. That's the only question I wanted answered. All right, so you two went over. I went under 92.5. Philly, 88.5. I go under because Derek Hall looks like the opening day first baseman. And you got Bryce Harper out for a couple of months. You got Painter dealing with this partially torn UCL that he's going to try and throw through. I'm really worried about what's happened. And I think I would go over this number on February 25th, but on March 27th, as we record, 
I'm going under. This team is is fragile and they're showing their fragility right now in spring training. I'm with you. I'm a slight under though. I have this team winning 88 games. Um, so 88 and a half, I'll take a slight under, but I'm not very confident in it. I think this team is better defensively than they were. Um, I think they, you know, with a full roster can be as good offensively when you add in a guy like Trey Turner, of course, losing Reese Hoskins for the season is terrible. Bryce Harper is probably going to come back in June. And I am slightly worried about the rotation. I'm not worried about Wheeler or Nola, but Ranger Suarez is dealing with an injury. You know, Andrew Painter is dealing with an injury and they're going to have to make some spot starts with guys that I'm not very confident in. Um, And when Tywin Walker is your third starter all year, if Ranger Suarez isn't fully healthy, that's worrisome. Um, I do like the bullpen. I think it's solid. And I think this is one of those teams that squeak into the playoffs. Maybe they're the last wild card, but then they could easily go on a run again because them and the Padres, who we'll talk about later, are so set up for the playoffs, while a lot of other teams are better set up for the regular season. And while they improve slightly on defense, it's still not a good defensive team, which is only going to get more exposed with the shift being banned. But overall, this is a solid team. I got them at 88 wins, but I'm a lean slightly under. Yeah, so the one thing that sticks out to me is the rotation is is maybe one injury away from catastrophe. Yeah. You know, if one of Noah or Wheeler, I know Noah's been incredibly durable, and as has Wheeler over the last, last couple of years. But if one of those guys goes down, geez, is this rotation like a liability? And then you look at the and, – and, and again, I'm not saying that the Phillies are a bad team. They're, they are a very solid team. Yeah. But as we're looking at over-under win totals, I'm trying to kind of like see what the doomsday scenario is here. Looking at the lineup, you know, I I, I love the addition of Trey Turner. How can't you love the addition of Trey Turner? Sure. Der, Derek Hall is interesting, right? Like he's got power. He also struck out 32% of the time. I'm like, we'll see how he holds down. I can promise you he's not Reese Hoskins. Um, there's enough guys in this lineup where it's like, I could see them not excelling offensively, and that's probably not a good thing, right? Like, we'll see how they are at first base with Derek Hall. We'll see how they are at third base with Alec Bohm. Like, I know he's shown flashes, but you look at the numbers overall, they weren't that great. Who's playing left uh, to start the season? Like, is it going to be Josh Harrison? Like, I I don't don't know what they're going to do there. There's a legit scenario where Brandon Marsh is underwhelming offensively, though. I like him. We have to see. And then what's Nick Castellanos going to do this year? Is he going to bounce back? I don't know. Um, I like the bullpen too, but ultimately I'm going to go slight under, um, but you know, they could get Bryce Harper back and he could literally carry them on, on his back again. Uh, but I think slight under, and they're going to be around the wild card all year. And that's all they need. That's the thing too, is I think they kind of know that they're probably going to be a wild card team and could probably do the same exact thing they did last year. Just to give the glass half full approach, because I do see a path to the Phillies being very good and being For a sure. 90 plus win team. Cause let's say Alec Bohm takes that next up next step up and looks like the guy that we all thought he could be Bryson Stott takes that leap Trey Turner continues to be a stud and kind of leans into his Altuve era where he leans into that power which we saw in the World Baseball Classic we've seen that in spring training so far Derek Hall might even be better defensively than a guy like Reese Hoskins and he might strike out more but let's say he hits 20 to 25 home runs I don't think we'd be totally shocked then you have Schwarber you have Marsh and you have Castellanos who Castellanos let's say he bounces back a little bit offensively and let's say Brandon Marsh at least maintains what he did on the Phillies which was solid and then you have the best catcher in baseball and JT Real Muto and when these guys come back healthy 
which should be at least relatively soon in the rotation, especially with Ranger Suarez. There is a path here to a very, very good team, but I think there are too many question marks to sit here on March 27th and say, yes, all of that will happen. So I sort of lean to what Arm was saying and and my prediction that some of those things fall short and they end up winning 87 to 88 games. Right. One thing real quick to, to Jack's point, if you asked me this three weeks ago and there's no forearm strain for Ranger Suarez and over. Reese Hoskins is healthy, I'm going over. Um, And, and that's really the difference for me right now. It's a couple yeah. games and, and that's, that's it. Yeah. The fact that the pendulum can swing this much, like we're talking about that outcome and that outcome, right? They're like really important finger. players. They're really important players that are injured. It's not just incredibly. Yeah. And like Bryce Harper, I know he was playing with a torn UCL, but how's he going to do when he misses three months? You know what I mean? He's going to be sick. He's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, <laughs> of, he's of, be awesome. fucking of course, Bryce Harper is yeah. going to be great. But like, what if he's not in a thousand OPS? You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that I have to ask all these questions about all these guys makes me shoot under 88 and a half. Still love this team, though. Still yeah. excited. Like to when watch. we say under, so when we say under, that doesn't mean, oh, they're an 87 win team. They're, winning, they're a wild they're winning, card team. Yeah, they're winning 71 games. No, I have them under because I have them winning 88. So, like, yeah. if it was 87 and a half, I'd go over. It's that right. close. Right. Yeah. Um, Miami, 76 and a half. Aram, the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? 77 and a half? 76. 94 and a half. 94. Oh, 110 <laughs> uh, and a half. This team is hard, man. Like this team is really difficult. Um, it's just kind of setting the stage. I think this could be the worst defensive team in baseball. Um, the the way I've kind of summed it up with the way that they're kind of allocating things defensively, their best defensive second baseman is at shortstop. Their second best defensive second baseman is in center. Their third best defensive second baseman is at third, and their fourth best second baseman defensively is at second. So that in itself is concerning jazz. I don't know how he's going to play in center. Jacob Stallings yes. was, was majorly disappointing in, in center behind the dish last year. Um, the, the lineup will be better. Cause I love Luis Arias. I think that's exactly what they needed, but can that guy change an offense? Probably not. Um, obviously El Garcia, I think might be the worst hitter in major league baseball. Uh, he went two for 35 to finish out the spring with 15 strikeouts, but everyone wants to talk about how he lost 20 pounds. That doesn't help you. Yeah, stop he worked on his diet. Balls. Come on. Yeah. Uh, is, there a correlation between sugary, is there a correlation between sugary, sugary foods and chasing breaking balls, bro? Like, I, I just don't understand that. That sounds um, like the next dive. Like, yeah, that might be the next time. I like Yuli Gurriel. I actually do think that helps a lot. And I think Garrett Cooper, you know, just getting him off his feet at any point possible is great. Um, There's just too much volatility there. And then I look at the the rotation. I love Sandy, but is Sandy going to match what he did last year? Like pretty hard to do. Lizardo's awesome, but he and Edward Cabrera have injury issues. Trevor Rogers gave up a home run to Jesus Sanchez today. That went like 480. Uh, Rogers has been Jekyll and Hyde. I think he'll be all right, but you know we'll see what they get there. And then Johnny Cueto's already a little banged up, so we'll see how he is. Then the bullpen is a mystery. So all that to say, I'm going under. Um, this team, to me, you bet the under on the Marlins, you're usually in good shape. Um, and and I, I think that's the case this year, but – There is a scenario where this team, and I said this when I did my Marlins preview, the one thing that this team has going for itself in terms of the grand scheme of the Marlins is that there is an outside chance that they can win 80 games. And I've not been able to say that about a Marlins team in a long time, but this whole rotation, if it stays healthy and pitches to its potential, could could really carry it 
to to an 81 season, assuming that some of the guys like Soler, uh, you know, bounce back. And, and remember, Jazz Chisholm missed 100 games last year and was an all-star. So that helps as well, too. Uh, but again, it's it's gone up a lot. And Peter can speak to like the line movement. If it was 72 and a half, I'm probably taking the over, which is what it opened at. But I think they win 74, 75 games. Yeah, there's a lot of hope in Miami. Um, and there's a lot of hope outside of Miami because I would say I, I don't Marlins. think there's hope in Miami. I'd say there's hope outside of Miami in the, in yeah. the betting scheme. It is interesting because, you know, when I'm doing all of these different win totals, you know, I talked about it on not gambling advice, the podcast, and um, there's plenty of articles written on just baseball.com about all these different win totals. And the Marlins have one of the biggest jumps from the opener to where they currently sit at right now. And they currently hold one of the highest handles. And the handle is the definition of the total sum amount of money on a team. They're one of the most popular over bets um, of the books. And it's reflected from a line jump from 72 and a half to 76 and a half. Now that we understand the betting angle, that it's a very popular over when not a lot of times those hit, you have to lean the under. But at the same time, Arm, I would have taken the over at 72 and a half. I have this team winning 75 games. I can see the hope, right? Like there's a lot of guys on offense who you expect to do better. Like I expect Jorge Soler to have a better year. Mm-hmm. I expect Avisil Garcia to have a better year. I'm excited for Brian De La Cruz to be on this team opening day. Whether he is or not, I'm not even sure. He, he will be. He will Good. be. And he should be because I think he could actually be the answer in center field. Not defensively, but at least offensively, I think he can hit. Luis Rise, I think, is a great hitter. And people forget he's 25 years old. He showed the power in the WBC. And it seems like a place that he could thrive with a huge ballpark and just spring balls in the gaps. Maybe oh, yeah. more singles are dropping for a guy like him. Jazz Chisholm staying healthy all year. I'm worried about that. But the overarching point is they aren't a team that's going to benefit from the rule changes. The shift. They need a better defense. And they might be the worst defensive team in Major League Baseball. They won 68 games with Sandy winning the Cy Young unanimously. Like, I just don't see a eight-game jump for this team because the bullpen is arguably worse than it was last year, and it was one of baseball's worst bullpens. Um, I do think they improved. I think the offense will be better. I think some of the pitchers like Jesus Zardo, Edward Cabrera holding up for at least 75% of the season is huge. And they've hedged it with depth in the rotation with Jake Eater coming up, Braxton Garrett, I still do like, and then the possibility of Yuri Perez. I have this team winning 75 games. So if you gave me a 72 and a half, I'd go over this Mm -hmm. current line at 76 and a half. Give me the under. Um, I could wax poetic about how I think Lizardo is going to be healthy for the entire year. And I think Luis Arise is awesome. But listen, Dusty May is America's sweetheart, the head coach of the Florida Atlantic Owls in Boca Raton. Miami basketball just went to their first Final Four in program history. There's something in the there's something in the water in South Florida right now. Wow, I'm all the way fucking in. Wow, over, over. Wow. Because so, of Florida Atlantic University making it to the Final there's, Four, the there's Miami Marlins about are going there's something about the sun total. and the ocean and SoFlo right now. I'm in. I All will right. say one. I do want to give one last drop, one last positivity thing. The, the rotation of Sandy with I think Lazardo is going to shove this year. Edward was insane against the Cardinals, like legit Cardinals lineup. And then Trevor, if Trevor's your four, this rotation could be one of the most exciting young rotations in baseball. So there's a scenario where you know I, I eat crow on that one, but again, like I, I'll stand on the other side of the aisle when I'm making predictions when it comes to the Marlins.
Yeah. Uh, all right, Washington. So your immediate thought is fart noises, the Washington Nationals. 59 and a half, the same total as Oakland. This team, I think, has more watchability than the Oakland A's. By a lot. By a lot. C.J. Abrams, Kiebert Ruiz, Joey Manessis of WBC fame. They're giving Jamer Candelario another shot. They're giving Dom Smith another shot. Luis Garcia doesn't walk, so you know you're going to go and see swings. Um, Man, and then you got, yeah, Patrick Corbin is the opening day starter, barf, but Josiah Gray, can he be worse? I'm not sure. Mackenzie Gore, maybe for a full year, he's healthy. That's kind of exciting. 59 and a half is an incredibly low number. And if I took the over on Oakland because the number was so low, I have to take the over on Washington because that number is so low. I have been going back and forth on this total because I think maybe in my podcast or on a write-up, I said over. And the more I look at this roster, I actually think they'll finish with the worst record in Major League Baseball. Damn. The pitching is atrocious, guys. Damn. They got Strasburg. The pitching is atrocious. Like, they have some of the worst pitchers in baseball all on the same team. It's Corbin. It's Josiah Gray. It's like you hold Mackenzie Gore. Like, that's a nice name to say. But how much of an impact is he truly going to make this year? I look at the lineup. There are some fun players. I like Kiba Ruiz. I like C.J. Abrams. But Abrams hasn't shown that potential as a prospect that we all shown anything he would. He hasn't shown much. Ruiz, I expect to be better this year. I like Joey Manessis. But, like, there's a reason Jaime Candelario is now on the Nationals. Like, there's a reason that, you know, a better team didn't pick up a guy like that. Um, maybe it was his decision. He wanted more playing time, and that was an area where he could. But I don't know. But I'm not excited about the bullpen. I'm not excited about the rotation. I'm actually going to go under on the Nationals. I think they finish with 56 wins this year. Wow. Doesn't this team kind of remind you, Jack, when you forget to re-sign your impending free agents and you, and you simulate the offseason, and then you're like, oh, shit, where'd my team go? Well, we just went over that. Yeah, that's all yeah. I do. And I go, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, Joey yeah. Manessis. Yeah, well, Manessis <laughs> would be one of, the, one of the good – like, it's like, oh, shit, I got Dom Smith, Candelario. <laughs> I got a 34-year-old Corey Dickerson. Here's the thing. I like these bums better than Oakland's bums. Same. You know? I like Oakland better. I think Oakland okay. are the better so, record. My argument – will be that I think Manessis is actually like might be one of the best players between the two teams offensively. He's good. Um, Corey Dickerson, like he, he still hits man. Like he can still hit a little bit. Um, I think Abrams will get better. He's 22. He's uh, on Trevor Williams was like hits at this point, right? Yeah. He was sneaky. Okay. Last year. <laughs> um, Mackenzie Gore is solid. Uh, Pat Corbin can't be worse. Josiah Gray might be worse. I don't know. Um, Hunter Harvey is is actually nasty. I think he's going to be closing games for them. Um, and then Jake Alou. Look out for Jake Alou. They're going to plug that dude into the outfield, and he's going to be a guy. They also have Stone Garrett, who performed last year. I think they've got enough options to, like, salvage 60 wins. I'm taking the over, and I think C.J. Abrams kind of breaks out a little bit this year, which really helps for them. Let's go. All right. NL Central, Peter's just shaking his head. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> like Stone Garrett performed. Like these guys, like they're all like, like Stone Garrett may be the difference between 59 and 61 wins. You know what I'm saying? Could be. Could be. Yeah. So, uh, all right. St. Louis is at 89 and a half. 
for reference, Milwaukee's at 85 and a half. So there is no team in the NL Central that is at 90. That feels like a low total, but then you look at the starting rotation and you're like, oh, this might be a high total. And you look at the fact that they won't be able to play the Reds and the Pirates. And, you know, the Cubs aren't a bad team, but they're a below average team. Like, yeah, like they're, they're going to have to play the Central, especially in the National League, is going to have some troubles with this um, change. But at the same time, the Cardinals are a team that I think is going to greatly benefit from the rule changes. Talking about a team on defense, I think they are the best defensive team in Major League Baseball. They're a team that wrecks havoc on the base pass. They're going to steal a ton of bases. They're going to have one of the best lineups in baseball combined with one of the best defensive lineups in baseball. But Adam Wainwright is going opening day, thrown in the mid to high 80s. Maz Michaelis looks good. They gave him an extension. I don't, I feel good about him. I feel good about Jaymont. Like I feel good about Jordan Montgomery having like a three eight ERA. Larity like, sucked nuts his last time out, which is he's nuts because he's a guy who I just like keep holding out hope for. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And it, like the leash is running thin with Jack Flaherty of me continuing to believe in the talent that he has. I really am hoping for a good season, but my baseball brain is saying don't rely on him at all. And you can't really rely on Steven Matz. He hasn't given you a fully healthy season in I don't know how long. He has been fantastic this spring, though, for what that's worth. I know it, It's worth something, but let's see you throw 150 innings this year. I have no doubts that Steven Matz, when he throws five innings and is healthy, is a good pitcher. I have my doubts on staying healthy over the full season. Yeah, so I think the rotation is a big issue. And I think the bullpen is good, not great. I thought it was interesting that they optioned Henesis Cabrera. I'm going under. I think this is an 88 or an 89-win team. I don't think anyone in the National League Central wins 90 games this year. I still think they win the division, but I think it's going to be rather close, and I don't see them winning 90 games this year. This is tough. I I, I am worried about this team like in terms of – I'm not worried about the Cardinals, but I was just worried about them in re- relation to dominating the Central, right? Like, I think the Brewers could hang around with them. Um, and if the value is right on a bet, I would consider it. But I, I still think the Cardinals are going to, like, just back their way into 91 wins. With the way that this team can hit, with the way that the, with the depth that they have, with the way that they're going to be able to mix and match lineups to put guys in. It, like, to me, they remind me of – they don't have the pitching – but like lineup wise, they remind me of like a better version of that insane Giants team where they were just able to put guys in positions for success uh, on the favorable side of a platoon, uh, just keep guys fresh, rotate, and just basically always put their best foot forward lineup wise. I really like the addition of Wilson Contreras, which because I think their catching position was the worst in baseball with Yachty last year. I think that's going to be a big difference. Uh, pitching is a big question, but if they can get anything from Matt's and I still think they make a trade, they've got so much depth. And I think they could go but finally get somebody. That. We keep saying that and they don't fucking do it. They got to. If, if they, I think if they're tracking towards 85 wins or 84 wins, then they do it. Um, so I'm going to bet on John Moselock. I'm going to go over. It's tough because they need to outsource talent to help them in the starting pitching department. Like, Graceffo will what start the year in triple you think I'm gonna say it actually real quick I think Matthew Libertor might actually be okay this year wow why starting to throw a sinker okay yeah his, his four-seamer got bludgeoned his fastball sinker will team. play sinker will play okay well you just changed my entire outlook on life if Libby's throwing <laughs> a sinker there's no way he did that over St. <laughs> Louis is an 110 win team 
if Libby's <laughs> throwing a sinker. <laughs> no, man. I mean, if, if Libby can fill a spot, that's excellent. I feel better about Graceffo filling a spot if he starts well in triple, but that's another guy that has yet to throw a major league inning. You know what I mean? So like, I don't understand why Yepes is still on the roster if he's going to be a Memphis Redbird. You know what I mean? Like, get him out, let him go be a major leaguer elsewhere, and go trade him for a good starting pitcher. So that's my qualm. They have so much depth, and there's this glaring hole, and they've done nothing about it, which is why my mind goes to under. But now that Aram just, you know, almost guided me to a revelation, I go over. <laughs> They're trading for They'll trade for a pitcher in June. Okay. All right. It, do you promise? I promise. John All right. told me. Over. Yeah, and I, I just want to be clear too. I still like the Cardinals. I still think they're going to win the division. No, bro. You said they were a sixty-win team. I think they are an eighty-nine-win team. You just said they were ass. The fans of St. Louis are some of the best in baseball. I want them to know that while you might hear Jack and Arm chirping in that I think they're a 60-win team. You just not, said you I like hated them. the fans in St. Louis. I love the fans in St. Louis. I, I just got a text from Peter. Stop. I don't mute, actually believe this. Mute them. I don't know if you could do it on your radio if you're listening to the car. You're listening the to your radio. Mute them. I don't know. We're not that don't important mean anything yet. that they're saying. <laughs> All right. Next Milwaukee, 80, 85 and a half. I immediately think over. Sneaky. My, okay, so can I can I start first? Yeah. No, no sorry. <laughs> I had to jump in because this is the most interesting team in Major League Baseball, I think, from a win total perspective. Um, everything in my gambling brain wants me to take the over because this is seems like an inflated line. This seems pretty big. And I really like the rotation. Like when you want to bet on an over win total, you better believe in the rotation. And when you have Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta, like that is going to get you far. And when you have Devin Williams closing games, he's as good as anybody in Major League Baseball. I like some of the bats in the lineup. I like some of the rookies that are going to come up. I actually, this line moved from 83 and a half to 85 and a half. Damn it. I had them as an 85 win team. So with the opener, I like the over. But now it's like, if I think they win 85 games, they're at 85 and a half. I'm going to go under, but I actually think the smart bet, if you want to gamble, is to take the Brewers over and to take the Brewers to win the division. My one worry with the Brewers is if they are not playing well, they will sell. Corbin Burns has already uttered that he's very unhappy here. You know, he's going to be a free agent soon. Brandon Woodruff is a free agent after 2024. They could do an incredible fire sale, get a boatload of prospects and just reset i could totally see that so that's why i lean the under here but i do like this team arm i do i i, I like it i mean bryce Turing, i hear you though like th- it, this is a team that will blow it up if if they if they struggle uh but at that point they'd be tracking for the under anyways so i'll i'll just tip my cap and take the l there uh what what really puts them over the top for me is I feel like this offense has a lot more potential than it's had in the past. Even the the lower level, like the replacements that they've they've put in there, I think will benefit so much from the environment that they're in now. Like a Jesse Winker, like what better opportunity to bounce back? A William Contreras, who would have had seven more home runs last year playing in in, in you know American Family Field, AmFam, AmFam, um, you know, AmFam. 
I love Bryce Turang with all my heart, and I think he's going to be one of the best nine hitters in baseball this year. He's going to set the table beautifully. And then we talked about the rotation. I, I I really I really do believe in this rotation. I don't think it's possible not to believe in it. I understand the concerns with the bullpen, but when you have one of the best closers in baseball with Devin Williams, that always helps. Um, and they've got a lot of guys that could come up and help, like a lot of prospects knocking on the door in AAA, which I also think is important as well. I'm going to go over. I actually think this this is a one of the more underrated teams in baseball, and I think that they're they're going to surprise a lot of people. I like it, Arm. How many games do you think they're going to win? I think 88. 88. Fuck yeah. I really like the defense, too. Uh, I think up the middle with Terang um, and, and and having Adamas there is really solid. I think Arias at third base is great. Uh, I, I just I, re- I really like this team overall. I, I think it's really balanced. Garrett Mitchell will be out of there. They'll put Sal Freelick in there pretty soon. And yeah. I think that's another option. Oh, and if he's not out of there, that means he's playing well. So, you know, they've got just so many options. And then I'm still I'm not giving up on B.A. I think Brian Anderson's going to be a nice little piece for them. I really do. Uh, can I say that I really like this catching tandem with William Contreras and Caratini, switch hitter Victor that, Caratini? Yes. Yeah, I okay. Thank you for allowing me to say that. But I'm not going to allow you to say that. There's no way you like Victor Caratini. I like him as a backup catcher. I think that That's Caratini fine. is a good option as a backup catcher. Also, the first base tandem of Rowdy Telez and the newly signed Luke Voigt to a major league deal passes the vibe check with yeah. flying colors. Yeah. So I'm a fan of that, but like serious baseball front. Um, I mean, Aram and I have talked about Terang a lot on the call up. I love Terang when I saw him in, in Nashville. I think Terang is going to be a great second baseman for them. Um, yeah. Garrett Mitchell. I, I love Aram's point there, right? It's like if Garrett Mitchell's still in the lineup on May 15th, it's because he's playing well. If he's not, then it's Freelick. Um, Weimer could force himself up there as well. I just think there, there's enough offense here to supplement or complement the great starting rotation so i go over i also think this is like an 86 87 win team cool so we're all just the difference of like arms at 88 i'm at 85 so that means i'm on the under he's on the over but we're all pretty you know square and thinking the brewers are going to be a good team this year unless they blow it up for sure for sure um all right cubs 77 and a half by bet mgm I like the under, I think. Uh, I think that this team has a lot of on-paper sex appeal. I think that people are really excited by the idea of Cody Bellinger and Trey Mancini, who I do think will bounce back. We've talked about that. Um, I'm just worried that like Bellinger is going to suck again, and this rotation may suck, although I, I feel good about Wesneski. Um, I don't know. The bullpen lacks any appeal whatsoever. There are just... A lot of areas of the Chicago Cubs roster where I'm like, okay, you are not a finished product. And I don't see that as a 500 team. I see this as like a 73 to 75 win team. I totally agree with you. I'm going with the under two. I think this line is just a little bit too inflated. It's another one of the most popular over bets on books. It's funny with the Cubs and why I think they're going in the right direction is I like a lot of their young pieces, right? I love Hayden Wesneski. I love Javier Assad. You know, I love a lot of some of the guys on offense too. It's just these old veterans that are going to be playing a ton for them. Like, I don't think Cody Bellinger is going to bounce back. I don't like the first base tandem. I'd much rather Mervis up there. And that's why I think the Cubs are on the right track to competing in 2024, 2025 if they get some big time free agents. I think they plugged holes with guys that they could find this year to remain competitive. 
I just don't see it as the year. Um, I think their bullpen is slightly below average. I think their rotation is slightly below average. And I think their offense and defense is slightly below average. So what do you get with that? I think it's around 75 wins. I think them and the Marlins finish with the same amount of wins. So I'm going under with the Chicago Cubs. Who do who do you fear in this lineup? Who do you not want to pitch to in this lineup? Tucker Barnhart. Like Dansby. Legit, legitimate question. Dansby Swanson is legit. the is, is the guy that you don't want up with the base hit one hundred this spring. Like one hundred. Yeah, I think the correct answer is Ian Happ personally, but that still is like okay. I, I'm not fearing Ian Happ. I, I I think the Cubs are heading in a great direction. Uh, to to Peter's point, and it, the system is good. The plan is clear, but it's not happening this year. And and I'm not. And I know that we're not even betting like the playoffs happening. I just think this team is going to stink. Also, this, if they're smart, which they are, I like what they're doing overall. If Tucker Barnhart's having a decent year, you're trading that dude. It's gone. For four prospects. You might if, trade Bellinger. Yeah, if Bellinger's playing, he's gone. If Mancini's performing, see ya. Um, and and Hosmer won't perform. So you know, <laughs> like that. That's kind of where I'm at on that. And then the rotation, like man, Steele, like doesn't look like he's fully himself right now. We'll see how he, you know, how he continues to, to work through that. He said he felt like he was throwing underwater. Uh, yeah. I don't like Smiley as an option. Tyone's fine and Stroman's fine. But like the one area that I think is underrated is the bullpen. Um, I, I do like the options they have there. I think there's some guys that could surprise, especially if, if they get anything out of Merriweather. Brandon Hughes was good last year. Alzelai's Alzelai's great. Yeah. Uh, but still, I, I'm going over pretty, pretty easily. I think they went 73, 70. You mean under? Wait, under. Under, Freudian, sorry, God. Freudian slip. Freudian under, slip. Freudian slip. So yeah. over. All right. Um, under. So real quick before we move off of the Cubs, Odds Shark, and like Peter, you, you probably know about know more about Odds Shark than I do, um, but they put out like best landing spots for Shohei Otani, and the Cubs were like third on that list. Yeah, don't pay attention to them. With to Odds Shark? No, I mean, they're I, – Sometimes I think they throw odds in a hat and then just like show you the hat and say, yeah, These are no, odds. I mean, like, like the numbers were really weird, but you can't, I, saw... I don't even know if you can find those odds on books. I think they literally made them up. We're just probably like, not. maybe these are the odds and you're that's just probably, like, no, that's aren't. probably where I saw like presidential election odds in 2020. And no, you stuff. can bet on those. You can. Yes. Cool. Um, I got hosed but... in 2016. You did get host yeah, in 2016, <laughs> but I saw Otani and Cubs in the same tweet and I got really excited because I was like, oh, they're going to have a lot of space. That and would be sick. It would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be really cool. And I think that's one of the ones that not on the West coast makes a lot of sense. So, all right, Cincinnati 65 and a half, their projected win total. We love that front three in the rotation. Lodolo green Ashcraft. We like Steer. We like Benson. India like is India. healthy again. <laughs> we like him. 65 and a half. Do you want me to go first? Because I'm pretty confident on one side. Yeah, I'm not yeah. confident. You go. I'm pretty confident in the over. I think this team is going to approach 70 wins this year. Um, when you have a front three of Hunter Green, Nick Lodola, and Graham Ashcraft, that's going to play against any team in Major League Baseball. It really is. I like the bullpen. Um, I mean, when I say like, I like it in relation to a lot of the teams that are in this type of bucket, the 60-ish wins projected, you know, 60 to 69. I like their bullpen better because I think Alexis Diaz is going to become one of the best closers in the National League. I really think very highly of him. 
Um, I like India and Tyler Stevenson if they play full seasons. I think they're both solid. I like Spencer Steer. Um, I like some of the you know corresponding pieces. I think this team is better um, than last year. I think last year they were 62 and 100 um, full seasons from those studs at the top. I like this team a lot. I think they'll win 68 or 69 games. Jack, okay. you want to go? Sure. Um, I feel really good about the front three. But then I see Connor Overton and Luis Sessa starting games as the four and five. And that is absolutely brutal. I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't know, maybe like seven through nine in the lineup. Is the bench going to be good at all? I'm not sure. 65 and a half is a really hard number because I think that this is a 65 to 66 win team. And I need to find wins elsewhere for some teams, I think. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to make the math work in my head where it's okay. I may think that the reds are going to go over, but then I also may think that Pittsburgh is going to go over and I've got four teams in the central going over their project, their projected win total. Does that make any sense? Yes. But here's how I look at it in my mind, just from like a betting perspective. I was thinking of the same thing by the way, too. So I'm excited to hear this. If it's Hunter green versus Adam Wainwright in a game in Cincinnati, do you think the Cardinals are huge favorites in that game? Mm, no let's say it's let's say it's hunter green versus marcus stroman let's say it's hunter green versus like you might be leaning the reds at least from a starting pitching which is i think the most important facet to winning ball games is like do you have the better starting pitcher then you're more than likely to win that game i think they win a lot of these games where against teams who have you know their third starter on the mound and then you have graham ashcraft like he's a guy who can win a lot of games i just think Looking at the standard of a 65 and a half win team, I just think it's too low. I I see this team winning a lot of games that you might not expect because Lodolo, I expect him to be great. I expect Hunter Green to be great. I expect Graham Ashcraft to really improve. And then they have arms in the farm system who they can bring up to spell those Connor Overton starts and those Luis Sessa starts. And maybe you move one of them to the bullpen, making it better. And I like the offensive upside and they play in a good stadium for offense. Like, I just think this is a better team than 65 and a half. Can you tell me if that math makes any sense? Like, does it make any sense to have four teams go over in the same division? not in the central i mean i have i have the first three going under and then the reds is my only over so far but i think you're speaking in general jack right like i'm speaking in general like because does that make any yes because of the teams not playing as much in the in division anymore yeah so but then i think to make it like scaled you'd have to have more unders in the other divisions right like or or just kind of like you go by your gut and even if it doesn't technically like even out with the 15 overs and 15 unders uh at the end of the day you're just kind of going with your gut even if it doesn't totally even out like newsflash we're not going 30 for 30 yeah correct which is which is why you got to kind of just approach it holistically because I was okay. thinking of the same thing jack yeah so I, I guess I go slightly over then like i think they're a 66 67 win team so i'll i'll say over there you go this is hard for me it's hard for me because i I, i'm very nervous about india and stevenson staying healthy and if those guys are banged up this lineup is it's really bad brutal yeah really bad um i see so what might put them over the top for me i think what what ultimately is going to push me towards the over is ivan graham ashcraft is going to ball this year i've watched a few of the spring training starts looks he great. looks 
fantastic. He changed the the breaking ball. It's harder. It's more of a sweeper. And it's just the rest of the arsenal is playing off of it. His command has been spectacular. I think he's going to be like a, a legit, legit three. Overton and Sessa is a disaster. And, disaster. and I think Justin Dunn's going to be hurt for the year, like for most of the year. Uh, Luke Weaver's got a forearm thing. We'll see if he comes back. Uh, they got to piece it together there. But they've got guys like Christian and Carnacion Strand who could come up and, and hit for them. We'll see what they get from Joey Votto, who's going to start the year on the IL. I think Will Myers helps a little bit. Um, and then Friedel, Friedel and Fraley are fine. I love the Benson addition. They won 62 last year. To Peter's point, they're a better team. I, I think they find a way to get to get over there. So I think I, I got the slide over here. Yeah. If they won 62 last year and and Ashcraft, who we thought was good, had an ERA near five. Yeah. I, I feel good about him improving and him maybe being a five game swing on his own. Mm-hmm. So, and Lodolo yeah. started a little slow too and then really, really hit his stride. Yeah. So same I'm with green. On. Same with green. Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh, 67 and a half. I'm not going to say that this is an easy over, but I'm convinced in the over here um, because I think if Vince Velasquez doesn't work, if Brubaker doesn't work, they have ample guys that they can go to in the minor leagues on the mound. And I think that this lineup is not, uh, I don't think this lineup is that terrible. Fail? Fair? Yeah, I, I think this lineup may be arguably worse than the Reds. And I think that their rotation is definitely worse than the Reds. Um, I like Royancy Contreras. I like Luis Ortiz, but after that, it gets really, really bare. Um, I'm not really a fan of this bullpen. Um, I have them finishing last in this division. I got the Reds winning 68, and I got the Pirates winning 66. Um, so I'd go over under, excuse me, at this current total uh, because I look at both teams and I go back to back and I say who would win in a seven game series. And I think the Reds would. And I think that kind of carries over and uh, they'll never face each other in a seven game series. Yeah. But if it were to happen, I, I just like the Reds team better and it starts with starting pitching. And I think they kind of blow them out of the water in there. Yeah. I look at a team here that could have five guys in the projected opening day lineup with a sub 100 WRC plus Andrew McCutcheon, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, Jack Sawinski, Austin Hedges, all those guys. And I actually don't hate Sawinski. I think, I think he, I would honestly maybe pick him to have a better F4 than all of the aforementioned guys. I think Brian Hayes is going to have a nice year. I think Brian Reynolds will, will kind of bounce back a little bit. He could be gone too. He could be gone. And then we'll see what you get from O'Neill Cruz. Who's one of the most volatile players in baseball. Jiwon Bay helps me feel a little bit better about, you know, like some of the questions because he is a great bench option. Rodolfo Castro looks really good last year. I think he's a good option, uh, but the rotation it's, it's a lot of young guys. It, it, and that's assuming they don't start Velasquez for, for 20 to 25 starts that, yeah. that, that rich Hill who they're going to let start the entire first half of the season so that they can trade him. Then they, they want to trade, trade both of those guys. Both yeah. of those guys are going to make 15 starts, 10 to 15 starts. And then Mitch Keller, I, I can't hear about the tread videos anymore, man. I can't do it. But sick. the tread videos are him. Yeah, they are sick. He's throwing 115 um, miles an hour. So cool. <laughs> and then, and then the bullpen, like they ran David Bednar in the ground yeah. and then everybody else stinks. Um, besides Yeri De Los Santos King. Um, I'm going to go under. I think I know this team's a popular over bet. Uh, yep. I, I think this could be the worst offense in baseball. Uh, if, if things kind of don't go the way they, they, that people hope with Key Brian and O'Neill, especially. 
another one where I might have gone over at the original line at 64 and a half, but it's been steamed up all the way to 67 and a half. It's just too many. It's too many. I think I, I would definitely go under. I think would 66. I definitely would have gone over 64 and a half. I'm t- I'm a tentative over at 67 and a half. Yeah, is you there, think they're a 68 win team, which is totally yes. fine. Yeah. Tyler Heineman and Austin Hedges. Brutal. Carlos yeah, Santana and G Man Choi. Brutal. Yeah, less brutal. That's brutal. It's not good. Santana walks. He does walk. G Man Choi when he faces Garrett Cole in that in that yeah. series where he's they face the Yankees. Exclusively face yeah. Garrett Cole. And G Man Choi has an awesome MLB Zen commercial where he's like going into the splits and picking the ball out of the dirt. It's hot. That's a cool. Yeah, yeah nice. All right, and I'll winning sixty-eight games. <laughs> NL West, the Dodgers, ninety-six and a half is their projected win total. Feels a lot lower than recent Dodger years. Uh, they are dealing with guys that have left in free agency. They are dealing with guys that are on the mend right now. Um, this is a tough one for me at ninety-six and a half. And I know that you know a lot of people would say, "Oh, come on, it's the Dodgers. You got to go over." Like they're on a hundred-win team again. I said in December or January that I don't think this team is an 100-win team. So now I have to decide, are they a 98-win team? Are they a 96-win team? Are they a 95-win team? <sighs> Give me some more time. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I think they win 98 games. I'm, I would take the over. I still think this team is very good uh, because Max Muncy was not good in the first half. I mean, he was recovering from that torn ACL, or excuse me, torn UCL in his elbow. And he just started off really slow, but then turned it on in the second half. You still have Freddie fucking Freeman. You still have Mookie Betts. You still have Will Smith. You look at the rotation, you're like, oh, there are some question marks. But at the same time, look what the Dodgers did to Tyler Anderson. Look at what they did to Andrew Heaney. Can we imagine what they're going to do to Noah Syndergaard? You look at Julio Arias at the top. You look at Clayton Kershaw at the top. You look at Dustin May. And, you know, if any of those guys get injured, you know, there's still Tony Gonsolin there. There's Bobby Miller coming up. There's Gavin Stone coming up. They have an exciting young rookie in Miguel Vargas, who's one of the favorites to win National League Rookie of the Year. They still have a good team, and they just win games in the regular season when you don't expect them to. I mean, we have expected them to, but now I feel like this is going to be another one of those years where the vast majority of baseball fans are down on them because they don't see a 111-win team like they're used to. But I still think this team is close to 100 wins. I'm going to go over. Jack, you need more time? A little bit more time, you go. So I'll kind of walk you through my thought process here. Um, I think the lineup's still really solid. I think Chris Taylor is a big X factor here because basically Chris Taylor could slot in for any of these guys, Miguel Rojas, Miguel Vargas, David Peralta, even Trace Thompson. Like If any of those guys struggle, that's your insurance policy. But your insurance policy just came off the worst year of his career. Yeah. I think he can bounce back, but that is that is concerning. Uh, I, I do like James Outman. I think that helps. We'll see what they get from Hayward. Uh, but I, I don't know how I feel about the rotation. Ryan Pepiot as a starter is is iffy. I don't know if I'm totally in on Noah Syndergaard, like just having this this magic you know revelation as so many pitchers have with the Dodgers. I feel like most of those guys that have come over have had better stuff at this point than what Syndergaard has. And then we'll see what they get from Kershaw. But, you know, the guy just seems to be good for 120 innings or maybe even less. We'll see how he does this year. I'm going to go under. Um, I know that a lot of people might be on that under. I just, especially with Rojas playing every day at shortstop, 
I, I don't love Miguel Rojas at this stage of his career. I mean, you can pick it a little bit, but they're not going to get a ton of production from that position. And this is already a spot where you look at corner outfield, not as good offensively. I think Trey Thompson, Trace Thompson caught lightning in a bottle last year. I don't think he's going to be as good this year. Um, we'll see, but I'm going to go under. I just hey. don't think you make money doubting the Dodgers in the regular season. And maybe this is a different year and – the only thing I would say to the um, maybe some guys had better stuff than Noah Syndergaard when they came over. Like, I don't think Tyler Anderson did. Like, he was almost on his way out, it felt like, when he was with Pittsburgh. Um, and I still think Noah Syndergaard has something in him. Um, and I'm not saying a magical season. Like, Tyler Anderson had, a, what, a 2.57? I'm not predicting that. But I think I can look at Noah Syndergaard and say, I could figure a 3.5, a 3.6 ERA for him. And if he throws 130 to 140 innings with the rest of that rotation and with that depth and with the second best bullpen in all of baseball to come in after him to lock down games late, I don't think they have to score as many runs to still be competitive. I just don't see such a massive drop off because they're going to find guys like they found a James Outman and they just find these guys to slot in and they always just end up playing well. It just almost feels like I understand. Yeah, they're not going to win the World Series. If you bet on them to not win, I think that's a good bet. Maybe not even to make far in the playoffs. But the Dodgers are just a regular season juggernaut. They do it year in and year out. I just don't think you make money fading the Dodgers in the regular season in particular. Yeah, they win 93 games, you know, you win. Um, and I think if, if, you know, if it was that easy, right, it'd be an ATM machine, play bet, bet Dodgers over every year and, and we'll, it be, has we'll been. be billionaires. It has been. How many, how many years in a row have they hit? Last year, every how many years year. In a, sorry. I think the last four or five years they've hit their over. Sounds like Vegas needs to adjust. And that's funny. They still put them at 96 and a half when last year they were 97 and a half with a better roster. Yeah. I, 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 I just, David Peralta, Miguel Rojas, Trace Thompson. Uh, yeah, I I feel I feel like ninety two is ninety one ninety two, which is a great season. It is a great season, but it's not a Dodger great season. Um, my worry is like pitching, right? Because obviously with Bueller out, you you got to figure it out elsewhere. I feel good about Arias. I feel good about Dustin May, but he's coming off of TJ. Is he going to throw the entire year? Kershaw is so touch and go the last couple of years. Is he going to throw the entire year? So I think I'm going to side with Peter based on his point on Miller and Stone and go over because I think well, also Gonsolin Gonsolin. Yeah. But like, I think the depth, I think six and seven could almost be better than four and five in Syndergaard and Pepio. I think that Miller and Stone could be better. So say somebody goes down, which like, unfortunately I am expecting from this group of guys because they are so finicky. I think that you can immediately plug in Gavin Stone and it's not like you're going to get a high twos but you may get a sub four ERA, which is really cool. Miller, I know is dealing with, with he's a little hurt. something, something. Yeah. So even if he's back and ready to go with the all-star break and they need him in August, I feel decent about that. It's not like they're worried about his clock anymore. Cause he spent the entirety of last year in triple. So I think I will go over cause I trust their backup plans, but some of their plan A's worry me a little bit. And that's understandable. I just, here's the way I look at it. Can I get five innings, two earned from most of these starters? 
because they're not really going to give up anything in the bullpen. And even their injuries to the bullpen are as good as some other team's entire bullpens who yeah, will that, come that back this year. And they're not going to score eight runs like they normally do. But how about five? Like, I think that's very likely. I think they win a lot of low scoring games with this bullpen, you know, coming in and and shutting the door. And I think the world of this bullpen and I think that's enough in the regular season to you know, overtake some teams with not even close to the amount of depth. Like we're about to talk about the Padres. They're almost the complete opposite, right? Superstar set at the top, but the depth is really concerning with injuries to their bullpen. I just think the Dodgers win this division again. And I think in a year where people are doubting the Dodgers almost puts a chip on their shoulder and they come out and just dominate once again. I just think when you're looking at a regular season, if you can find a win total that's the safest, it's the Dodgers. And I know they don't have the team that they used to have, but the team they used to have won 111 games. Yeah. They need 97, and I think that's still within reach. So I'm I'm sticking. Well, remember, with the they also so they swap Trey Turner for Miguel Rojas. Yes. No doubt. Yeah, no so. doubt. Um, did the Padres clear 93 and a half, Peter? Ooh, I don't think so. I think they're a 91 to 92 win team. I think they're kind of similar to the Phillies where you do not want to face this team in the playoffs when you have you Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. But we've already seen a couple of nagging things happen to those three. And then you look at the back half of the rotation. I'm just not a big fan of Michael Walker. I'm glad they got him. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of faith in him over a 162-game schedule. I think Nick Martinez could be fine in the rotation, but you take him out and there's already injuries in that Padres pen. I don't really like their six through nine in the lineup, but I do think that they're going to play pretty solid defense. The top guys are going to mash. I expect big years from Juan Soto. I think Juan Soto could win the MVP. I think they're going to be a very good team. I think they finish in second, but at 93 and a half, I have them winning 92. So I'm going to go under with the Padres. Jack, I think, I think 90 wins. So I go under as well. I, I think that, yes, the NL West has two 90-win teams, but I think that we're looking at the Dodgers at 97 and the Padres at 90. I love the lineup, obviously. Like if I if I looked at you with a straight face and said, yeah, I'm not sure about this lineup, I mean, you could just tell me that I don't know ball because this lineup is so stupidly awesome, man. And anybody that looks at that lineup card should know that they're going to tune into a fucking show that night. The problem for me is once you get past Musgrove and Darvish, like Snell and Musgrove is obviously going to start the year on the IL, it seems. So Snell is so hit or miss at points. Like there are starts where he goes out there and can't throw a strike and he's out in the middle of the second inning. Him and you, Darvish, are so similar. It's like when they're on and uh, Snell's landing his slider and his curveball for strikes, he looks like the best lefty at base. No hitter type shit. Would you Darvish is the same thing. Like I was talking with Arm in the car. We were Ubering over um, to the Lone Depot Park and we're just talking about the Padres rotation, which is hilarious that Arm and I just like, would we even have our off time where we could just sit in with some AirPods? We're still talking about the Padres rotation. You Darvish could look like the best pitcher on planet Earth or the literal worst pitcher on planet Earth. So could Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove is that glue, but he is starting the season on the IL. There's just... It's like they're so star-studded and that can get you buying in. And then it's like, look at Team USA. They lost to Team Japan. It's baseball. Any team could win on any given day. And if Fernando Tatis Jr. doesn't come back and hits the ground running, you might have problems. Let's say Machado has a slightly worse year, which is entirely possible. Xander Bogarts, the power is diminishing a little bit. I still think he's going to hit, but with no shift, how is he going to play at shortstop? There are some questions, but they're going to be one of the most entertaining teams in baseball. I still think they're a 90-plus win team, but... That's where I'm at. 
I think they're a Formula One car and, and Formula One cars go as fast as humanly possible and they are as beautiful to watch drive as humanly possible. But when they hit a pebble, the car may break down. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they are that type of team where things, the good is going to look fucking hot. It's going to look so good. Yeah, they're going to go on stretches where they win like 10, 11 in a row, and you're going to think to yourself, holy moly, this team is amazing. But then the bad may suck. Yeah, they could lose 10 in a row, and you'll be like, we thought the Padres were a good team. Like, there's just so much variance, but it could be awesome or dreadful or solid. I have no idea. Really tough team to look at. I'd rather drive my Volkswagen Jetta than a sports car for reliability purposes. So no, I'm going to go the only on that's just why. Weird. Yeah, that's just yeah, weird. That's, that's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, Robert Suarez's injury actually really matters here. We're talking about like relievers and, and like how much Edwin Diaz mattered to, to the Mets. I, I think Robert Suarez's injury is very important here to this Padres team. Um, man, this is a very, very tough one. What I don't like about the rotation is this team has zero prospects who are going to probably come up and be able to, to to plug and play if needed. Like there's not a lot of alternative options. Uh, like Cole Hamels is he going to come in and, and make an impact? Julio Tehran. Uh, I, I just I just don't see if if somebody goes down. We have number one regression candidate Michael Waka. Uh, <laughs> you know. We talk about the the you know risk of some of these other guys. It's definitely true. What what makes me want to go over is that I think Tatis is going to go nuclear this year. I really do. But with that same notion, like I just don't think it's enough with some of the pitching questions. I'm going to go slide under, but I think they win 90 games. Okay, so we all have under, huh? Mm-hmm. San Francisco 80 and a half. I fly under this. This roster is not good. Yeah, they're not going to hit. They're not going to hit at all. Like you look at their roster top to bottom and the most intimidating presence in their lineup is Jock Peterson, right? Maybe Mitch Haniger, Malcolm Conforto, who didn't even play last year. Like who are the bats in the lineup that are going to drive in runs in a pitcher's park? It's, it's not good. And it's not like the defense is that great either. And they're a team that is one of the most shift dependent teams. I looked at the numbers. They utilize the shift. I think second most in Major League Baseball, and they are a team filled with older guys, and I don't expect the defense to carry over. The pitching I do like, which is why I do kind of think this is a 79 to 81 team. I go under two, but it's slight because I think the pitching can win them some ball games because I do like the bullpen too. It's just they're the way they win is three to two. And like that's not gonna happen that often. Um, I personally think this might be the most boring team in baseball. Yeah, and that doesn't mean bad. That just means like, I mean, what do I have to go watch John Brebby in the sixth inning for the twelfth yes. day in a row? Yes. Like the only reason I'm turning on this TV is to watch Camilo Duvall and, and Logan Webb. That's it. Like I like Stripling. I like Manaya. I like Alex Cobb and bounce back, and I like Alex Wood. They have a good rotation, but there's no names that you're turning on the TV for. I got them winning 80 games. I'm going under the 80 and a half. I'm not flying under, though. I think they're middle of the pack and boring and they're the Giants, so they'll win games they shouldn't, but I'm going under. I'll keep it short. I'm going under. Um, I I, I don't like Joey Bart. I don't think he's an everyday <laughs> catcher. Um, I, I think they're going to realize David E.R., isn't it? You know, and, and, and eventually call up Casey Schmidt, which is one I will watch. Uh, but for now, 
I, I, there's too many questions in the lineup of this team. It's just, it's just too weak. Uh, I'm going to go under, I think they went 78 games. Clean sweep on the under for the last two. I think this is probably going to be a clean sweep of the over 75 and a half wins for Arizona. Yeah. I'll keep my answer very short and sweet. This lineup's really fun. The pitching rotation is really fun. The bullpen may suck, but I don't care. I think they win 80 games. Fucking love this team. Put two units on over 74 and a half. This is next year's Orioles. And Arm, I want to have a thought exercise with you because I know we're so pro Dimebacks. I mean, you could just geek all over this team because, um, you know, we've been talking what about for three months, how we want to be on the over as soon as it gets released. Gabriel Moreno and Corbin Carroll versus Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman. Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman. But it's close, right? It's it's pretty close. Adley is just too, too Adley's Adley. too much. And and they've also, you know, had more service time in Major League Baseball wall. But I think it's relatively close. It's, the only it's, reason it's I bring it up is best because prospect duos ever. Comparing it to an 83 win Orioles team and you look at 74, 75 and a half, and you think they could be an 80 win team. I think they finished third in this division. I look at a rotation, and yes, you don't want Madison Bumgarner starting games, but I'm not sure how long that's gonna last when you have Zach Allen in the rotation, who's a potential Cy Young Award winner. Merrill Kelly threw 200 innings at 337. You got to respect the hell out of Merrill Kelly. He even pitched relatively well against a Japan lineup who has been crushing right-handed pitching. I thought he I thought he did his job, and that's what he does. He just goes to work with his lunchbox, with his peanut butter and jelly, crusts on, because that dude's, you know, a rough rough rider. He ain't hey, well, do you think natural peanut butter, or do you think, like, Jiffy shit? Oh, I think just the crunchy type that you get off the farm. Like, it's straight-up peanut butter, and I love him for that. Um, but Ryan Nelson's going to be in the rotation. Zach Davies gets a lot of shit for being terrible because like his peripheral sh- say he should retire, but he's one of those guys who just, he gets off contact and he's a career four, one, four ERA guy. The past two seasons have been dreadful, but I think he's around a four, three, but it won't matter because Brandon Fott's going to come up. Maybe Trey Jamison makes that debut in the rotation, even though he's most likely going to be in the bullpen, which makes the bullpen better. You makes go around better. the diamond. I like Josh Rojas at third. I like Cattell Marte at second. I like Christian Walker. I love Gabriel Moreno. I love the outfield. Like there's a lot of things to be excited about. I'm going way over 74 and a half, 75 and a half. Don't care. I take this team up to 80 and a half. I I think they're an 81 team arm. I, I think they win 80. Um, to have Brandon Fott knocking on the door, he's pretty much big league ready. And I, I think like how much worse is Brandon Fott than Grayson Rodriguez? Not that much. Um, that's and, awesome. Like, Brandon Fott pitched on the moon in the PCL and and got outs, man. Like he has but the minor great, league in strikeouts, great command, multiple pitches for a strike. Like he's prime candidate to just make the transition pretty smoothly and be a three, five guy. I think in the ERA department, I love Evan Longoria as depth too. here. This team just top to bottom is just much, much better. Even having a Kyle Lewis off the bench. Like I like this bench. Um, Corbin's going to make an impact like big time. He might as well have just added an all-star for a full season. Uh, I, I like this entire ball club. I really do. And I think they hedge some of the, the volatility with guys where you know what you're getting with a Lourdes Gurriel Jr., with a, with a Josh Rojas. Like I think those guys, are, you know what you're going to get there. The bullpen's not that bad. Like I, I loved the Andrew Chafin pickup. Miguel yeah. Castro's fine. Joe Mantiply was spectacular last year. And Dre Jamison's slider is plus. Like that pitch alone will allow him to shut down the seventh inning if they want him to do that. But he can also plug in and spot start. So he gives you some rotational depth. And then we'll see when they get Mark Melanson back what he can do. This is the one of the easiest overs for me of the year. 
Unfortunately, very easy under on Colorado. Last one, best one, under 65 and a half. Are you over? Are you over on the Dimebacks? Yeah, I said that okay. first. Sorry. Listen, open your listening. ears. I was too excited. I was yeah, too excited about the Dimebacks. That's fair. Um, all right, Colorado, I am going under 65 and a half. Um, they may have five guys with an ERA over five in the starting rotation. They may not have a sub five ERA here. While I do love Chris Bryant and Jurickson Profar and Ryan McMahon, everything else kind of, and and Tovar obviously everything else just kind of stinks. This team may suck out loud, but damn, am I going to be a fan? I fucking hate this team, and they're probably going to go over. Got, I, I'm going over. They are a team that no matter what they have on the roster, they win 66 to 68 games. Uh, they are a win total that opened at 68 and a half and has moved down to 65 and a half. It's too much of an adjustment. I have them winning 66 games. I'm going to hate it. I don't want to watch them at all. It's going to be terrible pitching. I would never bet on the over with this team, but we know we're going to look at the end of the season and be like, Oh, remember how the Rockies won 67 games. And it's like, how? Cause they just like weirdly beat the Dodgers sometimes in Coors. Like it just doesn't make any sense. They win games. They shouldn't. Jose, you're weren't they like, like weren't they like, like 10 over at home? Yeah, like they're yeah, just they're always like 10 over at home. Yeah, yeah so like they'll they'll win 67 games. I, horrible. I actually feel good about this over. Like <laughs> okay. pretty good about it. I, you, you have a full season of Chris Bryant, presumably, who I, I think is gonna mash out there. He was mashing before he got hurt. You add Jerickson Profar to the full there, like that's a better player than they have mostly. Um Ezekiel Tovar for a full season. That's a better player than Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Mike Moustakis is going to go nuts. Uh, <laughs> not actually, but th- I don't hate Mike Moustakis as a bench option. Um, here's the thing. The Rockies won't trade at the deadline. Nope. They don't do it. They're nope. fucking weird. They're bizarre. <laughs> it's what like they don't do it. They It, it, it doesn't make sense. They They'll won't be even offer. They'll be buyers at the deadline. They'll they'll be buyers. Like (laughs) they'll do something bizarre. Is this team worse than last year? No, it's better. It's better. They play the Dodgers less. They play the Padres less. Like I, I really think they're going to find a way to win more ball games. They add Brad Hand to the bullpen. They get Connor Seabold. How about him? That's a guy. That is Um, a name. Daniel Bard gets the mega deal and then kills Jose Altuve. Like I, I still I like jokes aside. I think they find a way. Um, I think Tovar really is going to be a big difference maker for them at shortstop, both defensively and I think he's going to provide a little bit offensively and, and keep getting better. But it's really about Chris Bryant and Profar for me that I think can can kind of put them over the top away from course two. They're going to find a way to, to to just fuck around and win sixty nine games or something like that. Fair. Okay, this was an absolute mammoth. This was part two of the win totals. Uh, maybe the mammoth of all mammoth episodes tomorrow, our individual award prediction episode. And then after that, it's an opening day preview, guys. Hell yeah. Ready to roll. In the meantime, go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. It's the best way to support this podcast. Arms rocking the athletic tee. I'm rocking my own Just Baseball shirt. Jack's probably got one under his uh, sweatshirt there. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. Again, the link is in the episode description. Tons of podcasts here on the Just Baseball Network. Uh, might I recommend the Just Fantasy Show, getting you ready for opening day, getting you ready for those fantasy lineups. I'm also putting out more episodes on not gambling advice. 
uh, more betting focused. If you're interested in following along all year, you can find the Not Gambling Advice podcast within the link tree. And Arm and Jack just recorded a full prospect preview of guys getting called up, what you should expect. Definitely go check out that call-up episode. There are so many podcasts here on the Just Baseball Network that you got to check out. It's going to be a really exciting year. We're glad that you're with us. And if you've been having fun in the offseason, we'd greatly appreciate a five-star review, whether that be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And with that, thank you, everybody.